Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> well, I'm Ian. I'm an intern here with Chi Alpha. <laughs> and I have the great privilege of speaking first tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hope y'all had a great spring break. I did. I had a great team. We did the local mission trip with the Storehouse of God, and it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so, as you guys know, we are in the middle of a series, The Normal Christian Life. And two weeks ago, our boy, Sean, preached on the Bible, and it was incredible. And before I go any further, do you guys remember he gave us some homework to do? So raise your hand if you did that homework. Sweet. Well, I read the book of Matthew, and it's so comforting to read the words of Jesus. I've been in the Old Testament for a while, but it was so good to finally get to read the things that Jesus was saying, especially Matthew chapter 9. Uh, yeah, chapter nine where we see some friends who have, a, who have a friend who's paralyzed. And they take him to Jesus. His friends took him to him because they believed he could do something. And he did. Those are friends I want to have. And in fact, I do have. I have friends who, no matter the circumstance, they would bring me to Jesus. And I would do the same for them. And so our theme tonight is friendship equals fellowship in the normal Christian life. But what is biblical friendship and fellowship? And we're going to be using those two words interchangeably throughout the night. But biblical friendship is he, Jesus, gives us friends to do this together. He gives us friends to do this thing called life together. And so August 19th, this year, will be five years. My wife and I, Lindsay, it's my wife, she's amazing and beautiful. <laughs> five years ago, we were in Texas. We just celebrated our first anniversary. School was about to start, and we were excited about Chi Alpha because it was starting up again too. And we were at work, and we worked at the same place, which is awesome. And it was an easy day at work. And my mom called and asked my boss, hey, is it cool if I talk to my mom? And she's like, yeah, it's cool. So I went outside, and I answered the phone. And it was intense. She was nasty sobbing, like snot bubble, I'm assuming, like just crying all over the place. I don't know what was going on, and she finally was able to like collect herself. And then she tells me that my dad had died. I didn't want to believe her. I thought this was a horrible prank. I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? But sadly, my mom repeated herself and then proceeded to tell me that he committed suicide. And after a couple of minutes, we hung up, I got Lindsay, and we started heading home. On the way, 
I called one of my best friends, who also was my resource leader, Jason Goldsberry. <laughs> Some of you guys know. And now it was my turn. I was nasty sobbing to him, and I told him what happened. And mind you, I'm on a windy country road, speeding like crazy, crying my eyes out. I have no idea how I made it home safe, but somehow I did. Um, but within a couple hours of being home, unexpectedly, my door opens, and in walks my closest friends, Jason Goldsberry, Gabriel Flores, Austin Brown, Scott Voltran, Daniel Lopez, Jake Best, and Tim they made themselves available to me. They sacrificed their whole day and even well after midnight just to be with me. They gave me time to grieve and they grieved with me. They brought me comfort. They sat around me and let me cry. They listened to my brokenness and voiced their love for me. And they were prepared to do whatever they needed to do to help me. And best of all, their presence was the most comforting. And after hours of comfort, my friends helped me to have joy and even to laugh. We started sharing stories of our dads, dumb things we did as kids, dumb things we've done together while in college. <laughs> and we've done some really dumb things. <laughs> And on my darkest day, my friends, my loving friends, were able to bring a smile, laughter, and joy to my brokenness. Seeing them, seeing their love for me, seeing that they were willing to grieve with me and to comfort me, that spoke volumes to me. And the thing that I remember most vividly about that night, I remember the Holy Spirit was so present so powerful that he was tangible, as if I could reach out and grab a hold of him. And I did. And I haven't let go of Jesus since then. It's because these guys brought me to Jesus. They were not just sharing their love for me, but his love for me. And it's so amazing to know I have brothers who are willing to lay down things for me who love me and will walk through life with me, all because we have the same greatest friend, Jesus, who is our Savior. And Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that you love one another just as I have loved you. My friends love me the way that Jesus loves us. Jesus, through them, showed me just how much he loves me. And we need to be shown Jesus' love in order to get through this life. Jesus knew we couldn't do it alone, and so he gives us each other to do life together. In fact, the Bible commands us to do this at least 15 times in the New Testament alone. Jesus says, to love one another. The Bible says to love one another. To love one another. To love one another. To love one 
another. We're a third of the way there. Would you guys like to help me with the second? Two-thirds? To love one another. To love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Almost done. Love one another. 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 Sweet. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I think, guys, I think we can gather from the Bible that fellowship is really important to God. And some of you may remember hearing this, for we do say it often. Love is unselfishly choosing the highest good of God and his kingdom. And so for us to love one another, we must unselfishly choose each other's highest good, which would be pointing to and bringing our friends to Jesus. And we see in the Bible that we are the family of Christ, that we are the body of Christ, that we mutually need each other. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether servants are free. And we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And going down to verse 26, and if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We are the body of Christ. It is one body, but it has many parts. The parts of the body are for the body. That means we are for each other. Jesus has given us each other. We are dependent on each other. We can't do everything on our own. Jesus gave me those guys, and they suffered, they grieved, and they walked through that hard time with me. And nothing else, and even no one else, could have brought me this kind of comfort but Jesus. Through them, I was dependent on them in this dark time, and countlessly, they picked me up 
and brought me to him, to Jesus. And I have been able to walk through dark times with them and even good times. We have been there for each other because of our mutual love for each other and for Jesus, who is our ultimate friend. So going back to John 15, we see that Jesus calls us his friend. Starting at verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his pastor is doing. But I have called you friends. For all the things I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of my Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Jesus has called us his friends and he has chosen us. That is beyond comforting to know that the God of the universe calls us his friend. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can once again be in right relationship with him. But not only does he give us himself, he gives us each other. That is why he tells us to love one another. We can have fellowship together because of Jesus. Tim Keller says this, Make him, Jesus, the friend your heart desires, and you will have all the friends your heart needs. Make him, Jesus, the friend your heart desires, and you will have all the friends your heart needs. So I have a picture of some really good friends of mine. These are my brothers. And the Bible tells us that one day Jesus will wipe away every single tear. And I eagerly await that day when I can tell Jesus as he's wiping away my tears, I can tell him, Thank you, Jesus, for Jason Goldsberry. Thank you, Jesus, for Austin Brown. Thank you, Jesus, for Gabriel Flores. Thank you, Jesus, for Scott Voltran. Thank you, Jesus, for Daniel Lopez. Thank you, Jesus, for all these friends that you gave me. And I hope that they will say the same about me to Jesus. And I hope you can say the same about your friends to Jesus. God is so good. And God has given us friends to do life together. And now, my good friend Damani is going to come up. But first, I have a slide for you guys of some books. I talk about godly friendship. 
and go ahead and take a picture and try and read one of these books before the semester ends. <laughs> oh, man. And so we saw that friendship is a gift that comes from God and that he gives us each other to do life together. And Damani is going to show us how to biblically live out life together. Hello, um, as you heard, my name is Damani, and um, I'm going to be talking the rest of the sermon for tonight. So, uh, I mean, this is something that's funny. Uh, you know, as Ian and I were preparing to do this, you know, we were, like, pretty nervous about this. And so, you know, we both, like, basically were going to make a pact that, hey, let's just eat raw chicken, and that way we get food poisoning. That way we don't have to do this. But <laughs> good thing we didn't do it. I mean, it was it turned out to be it's, it's not that bad. We We got this. And so I'm going to be talking about how to live life together in a way that helps us be a witness of Jesus and his love. And so I'm going to be reading from Acts 2, and it's verses 44 to 47, and you can read with me on the screen. And it says, all believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they contributed to, sorry, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so this passage of scripture is basically just going to be a blanket for uh, everything else I'm going to be talking about tonight. And so uh, I want to tell you guys about my friend uh, Nate Son. Um, he's, I've known him since the fall of 2014. Uh, he's one of my best friends. Uh, we've been through, we've been through a lot together. I had many experiences. Um, you know, one thing that we did together for the first time is that we went to go see Lecrae live. And it was, it was one of the things that it was so cool because we experienced that together for the first time. Um, we, we supported each other through, uh, hard times. And I remember when, like, Nate got his heart broken by a girl, and he called me up, and I remember it very vividly because I was I was at home in Georgia, and I was it was during Christmas time, and I was watching B movie, and so <laughs> it's funny because I've I've genuinely watched this movie over like 50 times. I don't even think it's that good of a movie, but just there's just something comforting about me watching it while I'm in Georgia, and so I was watching it. He called me. And he's just like, hey, man, I'm having a hard time. Like, just talk to me. And I did that for him. And I was, like, glad to because he was my friend. I loved him. And he was there for me when, when I had struggles and the hard times that I, would, I was dealing with. And, and he was just there for me and comforted me and, and kept, me, kept me accountable for, you know, not falling back on old ways. Um, I really appreciate Nate because he's such a great guy. He loves Jesus and he loves people. Two things that Nate really did, Nate did really well 
was that he shared his resources and he was always glad to have a meal with someone. Um, Nate, he had an apartment and that everybody was there all the time. It was crazy, like we would have events there all the time. His apartment, his apartment wasn't even that big, but it was just something about his place. It was like so inviting that people wanted to hang out there and it was just a place where we gathered, you know, had game nights, watched movies. He had a, we made a fire pit, even though it was illegal. We still had it, but it was pretty dope. And so it was just a place where we had community. And then Nate was always glad to like have a meal people like, hey, let's go to Taco Bell or somewhere or wherever to eat. And let's just talk about whatever from, you know, hey, what did this, what do you think the author meant by this Bible verse? Or, you know, do you think the Washington Nationals are going to win the World Series? And everything in between. Nate's a Washington Nationals fan. I mean, we know that they're never going to win the World Series, but it's fine. And so, <laughs> and so, he was, he was always down to have quality time, and that's something that I really appreciated about Nate. Um, one thing in living life together is that, you know, your friends, they, they can rub off on you. And an example in my life was, you know, like the guys that I hang around with and how freely they express their emotions. I come from a group of friends that didn't really do that, you know, acted too cool for school. Like, it's not manly to show, you, show off your emotions. And so when I came up here and I met these guys who were freely expressing their emotions and not caring what people thought, like that, I caught on to that. And just to give you an example, like, literally, I was, like, on the verge of tears, like, multiple times a day. because Not because I was, like, anything was going wrong, but just because thinking about how great my friends were. And then just, like, I'm, like, literally... In, I'm like in public, I'm about to cry in the elevator or I'm taking the shuttle to campus, about to cry on the shuttle. Like, I hope nobody sees me crying because it's kind of awkward. But it's it's fine because that's how cool it was, like how they rubbed off on me. And a verse that helps us with this idea is Proverbs 22, 24 to 25. It's not on the screen. I'll read to you. Do not make friends with a hard-tempered person. Do not associate with anyone so easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And so, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, that applies to the negative side, but it also applies to the positive side, like having positive people in your life. Um, a person that, another person I do life with is Charles Sombrio. He's one of my best friends. Uh, I met him five years ago as well. Um, we weren't always that great of friends. We kind of clashed. We both have pretty strong personalities. And so, you know, we were feeling each other out. And then after a time, like, we figured, like, we're pretty similar. And, you know, now it's to the point where sometimes we, like, sync up. I mean, the day we, like, literally said the same thing at the same time. And we were like, yeah. And it was pretty, it was fun. It's like, because he's my friend. It's like, we got that connection. And one of the things that rubbed off on me from Charles was his passion for Jesus and it's so cool because whenever Charles talks about anything Jesus-related, he gets really fired up. He gets excited. And it's such a sight to see because I know for me, it inspires me to want to tell more people about Jesus and be a better follower of him. I learned I had this passion when I was actually doing the sermon lab, you know, practicing to do what I'm doing now. And I was talking about God's mercy and his love and how he gave us what we didn't deserve. And I just remember getting fired up and like excited and like I had to stop for a second because I was on the verge of tears because I was so grateful for what God has, 
has done for us and like he gave us this gift of life that we didn't deserve. It was so cool to see in myself and how God brought, and sorry, how Charles brought God into our relationship. And also bringing God to our relationship, another way to do that is like through prayer and through worship with our friends. I had a cool story, like it was one day, I was just hanging out in my apartment and Alec, uh, we're neighbors, he like came over and said, hey man, you wanna, you wanna pray and worship? And I was like, uh, yeah? Because it, it was, it's so odd because you never hear that where your friends say, hey, you want to do this because you don't typically do it like outside of church or a small group or a resource or Kyle for anything that's like that. And so I, we did it and it was weird at first, but it was so sweet because here we are friends like casually worshiping God together. And it was one of, one of the most awesome things that we've done as friends and Honestly, my regret is that, like, we don't do that more often. Like, this should be something that we do on a regular, just like we go to the movies or we go bowling or we, you know, go on hikes and stuff. We should be casually worshiping God together as friends. And um, all these things are awesome. But I think the greatest of these is collectively looking like Jesus. People should wonder why why you're different. Like, why should, why should I hang around you guys? And, um... A verse that encapsulates this is uh, John 13, 34 to 35. And it says, A command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this verse, this verse is so cool because, you know, this opens up opportunities for us to tell people about Jesus and talk about the greatest thing that has happened to this world. Invite people into a community of, of God-loving and God-loving people, something that people will want to be around. Everything I just talked about up until this point, it all points back to the verse I said earlier in Acts 2. It shows God's love and witnesses to people and draws them in close closer to Jesus and, and shows and shows them what he's really like. And that's such a beautiful thing. It's, it's so beautiful. And as a body of Christ, we want to know, we want everyone to know Jesus, his love, and how great he is. And the best way to do that, the best way, is to love each other well, love him well, <laughs> And it shows, and it shows through how we live together as a community. Andrew Murray, he's he's a he's a pretty great author. Uh, he's a one of those old guys that people read. And um, there's a verse, sorry, not a verse. It's a quote, and it says, "Our love to God is measured by our everyday fellowship with others, and the display of it." Y'all. If y'all don't if y'all don't take anything else from this sermon tonight, please, please take this away from this sermon because this is such a big deal. Like the way we love each other, like the way we treat people, like that, it it has such a transformative power. Like God uses that to work through us to reach people. One of one of my great friends, his name is Ian Covert, he's also my neighbor. And I just I just know how Ian used to be when I first met him as a freshman. Like, this, he, was, he was a bro. He, he knows this. But just to see the transformation that he had 
from that from then until now and how God changed him through us loving on him and how we loved each other. And now this dude is on fire for God. He's making disciples. He's telling people about Jesus and he's unashamed about it. <laughs> and 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 I'm and I'm a I'm a testament to that too because <sighs> there's no other way to say it. I, I was a jerk. I used to be a pretty mean person. I used to have this reputation that you know, Demani is this way, Demani is that way. None of those things are positive things, I'm be honest. And I and I'm and I admit that. But like my friends, they came alongside me, they they saw the potential in me, they continued to love me. And now here I am on this stage talking to you. Never, never did I thought that I would be doing this. Like, I mean, I volunteered to do this freely. And then and I because I wanted to do this because I know what God has done in my heart, and I wanted to share that with you guys. It's it's pretty dope. Um, the band can come back up. Um, I just it's been so awesome to tell you about this uh, and how how great God is through community and how He can change someone through just how you love you love them, how you love yourself, and how you love Him. And it's it's so amazing how. He, he can work through that, and he can use that. And so I want to leave you with these questions. Are you a friend like this? Do you see the value of friendship? If your answer is no to one or both of these questions, I challenge you to reevaluate yourself, reevaluate what you've been doing, and ask yourself, how can I be better? How can I change how can I be a better friend? How can I love people better? How can I add value to community? Ian and Grace and I will be up here and we'll be available to anybody who wants prayer. And if you wanna if you don't want to pray with us, that's fine. Please pray with a small group leader or your resource leader or whoever you came with. Just, just please don't go. Please don't leave here without getting the prayer that you need in this place. As always, the altar is open. Uh, you can come up here and you know praise the Lord. And it's cool because I, I took this for granted. But you know, every every Thursday we're here, like we're worshiping together, like as a community, as a body of believers, and it's such a beautiful thing. And it's something that I'm so grateful for because some people in the world like they don't they don't they don't have that. And we're so blessed to have this opportunity to do this freely without persecution or anything like that. So uh, let's uh let's rise and worship our God.